And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. So God again emphasizes that this is a moment for us to rejoice and this is a moment for us to experience and, and to contemplate and reflect on and receive the love of God. Hallelujah. Peace and goodwill towards men. Hey everybody, so glad you're able to join us today. And I have a very special message today and it's called Christmas, when heaven touches earth. And you know, there really is something heavenly about the Christmas season. Uh, and I understand, uh, as children, Christmas can never come quickly enough. I remember counting down the, the months and the days until Christmas came. And yet, to be honest, as an adult, sometimes you take the attitude that, you know what, you can wait <laughs> because the noise, the expense, the office parties, the pressure, the business, the stress, the family arguments, the TV, the commercials, the overeating, even the drunkenness, the family fistfights. Again, if you're not Irish, you probably can't identify with that one. But, you know, the Christmas sales and the January bills, Christmas can really be quite an overwhelming time. And yet in spite of what our modern consumer culture has sought to turn Christmas into this protracted exercise in indebtedness and excess. Deep down, underneath the tinsel and the seemingly endless list of shopping and responsibilities, beyond the queues and the many pressures of the season, both family and financial, there's still something pure and simple, something unsullied by the commercialism and cynicism that can pervade Christmas or the holidays as those in a secular uh, circles uh, seek to rebrand it. And um, th there's something that can't be marketed or packaged or bought or sold, something that transcends the shallowness of how we celebrate or even at times desecrate uh, the birth of Christ our Savior. because. Deep down on the inside of every one of us, uh, there still exists something of the wonder, excitement and apprehension that many of us felt as little children um, when we were so excited about, you know, the giving and the receiving uh, of presents, the putting up of decorations and, uh, you know, all of the other traditions that go along with this season. And... Um, you know, there was a time when we simply enjoyed the season. I mean, looking at the wonder of a little child when they look at a beautiful Christmas tree um, is really something uh, to behold. You know, the wonder of a child. And, and, you know, I guess it's my hope and prayer that, that none of us will ever lose that, that sense of awe and wonder at, at God's creation, God's goodness, God's mercy. And um, so, like I said, sometimes people are just wishing that this season would be would be over because you know unfortunately many people struggle loneliness at this time of year it's i guess christmas day is the one day of the year you don't want to be alone and yet many times people do people feel uh, lonely at this season you know uh, particularly this time of year is is when we is we remember loved ones that we've lost and um you know i i understand that and and yet something on the inside of us comes alive at Christmas 
the inner child. You know, the I, I guess the, the the secular world would refer to this feeling. They would describe it as as magical, but I would simply say anointed, because there is an anointing on the Christmas season, uh, because. Christ the Messiah uh, was born and this is why Christmas is special it marks the birth of the Christ and Christ literally means anointed one and so today I would like us to take a fresh look at the Christmas story and to rediscover what was lost or at least has been long forgotten uh, buried beneath 2,000 years of of religious traditions uh, because Again, the reason why Christmas is special is because it was the time when heaven touched earth. And I'd like to start by reading Isaiah 33 and verse 17. And it says, Your eyes will see the king in his beauty. They will see the land that is very far off. Your eyes shall behold the king in his beauty. They shall see the land that is very far off. And that land, I believe, is heaven. Amen. And so let's take a fresh look at this story. And it's my hope and prayer that this message will play a part in helping you to behold the king in his beauty. And that hopefully that your eyes will be opened to that land that in the natural is far, far away and yet is really just a heartbeat away from any one of us who are believers in Jesus Christ because heaven is our home. Luke chapter 2. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of a city of Nazareth, into Judea, to a city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered at Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And, and there's no doubt that there was a real stigma attached uh, to being pregnant um, outside of wedlock. And um, while Mary was betrothed, they hadn't uh, been through the full marriage ceremony yet at that stage. And therefore, um, I, I'm sure there was a lot of pressure upon them. And, and maybe maybe this was the reason why they weren't included in the end. I mean, who knows? I know it was a, a, a busy, a very busy time. And um, but certainly it's the, it's not the, the time when you want to be stuck to have a bed to stay on uh, when you're pregnant as Mary was and about to give birth. And um, anyway, it says she brought forth her firstborn child and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And sadly, uh, even to this very day, there are many for whom they have no room in their hearts for Jesus Christ. And I think that is uh, such a tragedy. Now they were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And so here we see the glory of heaven revealed in this moment where God puts, pulls aside the, 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 the curtain that separates heaven and earth. And, and, and like I said, heaven in that moment is, is, is touching earth and, and revealing itself uh, to mortal men. And um, it says, Behold, an angel Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. And I know that joy seems to be in short supply at this time of year with all that's been going on, and particularly over the last number of years. 
a lot of people uh, literally feel traumatized uh, by what they have been uh, been through. And yet Christmas is an annual reminder that there is joy uh, in this world, that there is joy for those who believe in Jesus Christ and that there is a God who has goodwill towards mankind and expressed that love and goodwill by sending his son, Jesus Christ, um, to be born. And it says, uh, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. So God again emphasizes that this is a moment for us to rejoice. And this is a moment for us to experience and, and to contemplate and reflect on and receive the love of God. Hallelujah. Peace and goodwill towards men. So it was when the angels had gone from them uh, into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the Christ. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Praise God. You see, we often focus on his death, but it's only at Christmas that we focus on his birth. And in this serene scene, we see angelic visitations, not to the rich and powerful and connected, but to ordinary, no-name shepherds. The angels delivered this message, surrounded by a huge heavenly choir. And, and we see that in this moment, heaven is literally touching earth. And so, in the Christmas story, we see three things, uh, among others. And the first one is this. We see the Annunciation. Heaven is coming to earth. You know, many of us remember where we were um, on 9-11. I was in Bradford at a conference, and I remember just being transfixed by what I was seeing on the TV. If you're older, maybe you remember when John F. President John F. Kennedy was shot. I remember as a little uh, four-year-old boy remembering when uh, on the radio was announced that Elvis had died. You see, we only announce things that are of great importance. Well, Revelation 13 and verse 8 um, acknowledges uh, that the, the arrival of Christ had been awaited for, for a millennia because it says and verse 8, And all who dwell in the earth shall worship him, whose names have not been written in the book of life, of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. The death uh, of Jesus wasn't an accident um, because it had been foreordained by God. He was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. You see, God had a very important announcement to make to all of mankind because the moment had finally come that, that all of heaven had been waiting for through the ages. The moment had finally come for the Savior of the world to be revealed. All of heaven had, had waited with bated breath for this moment to celebrate the arrival of God's Son to earth. And it happens in this very moment as the angels celebrate. And the Annunciation had been given in Luke chapter 1 and verse 26 when the angel uh, Gabriel appeared to Mary. And it says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee 
named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favoured one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and consider what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and truly the Lord is great, and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And I think it's so encouraging for us to remind ourselves in times that are as dark and uncertain as ours that we are members of a kingdom that cannot be shaken and that his kingdom, there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born of you will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Remember that nothing is impossible with God. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You see, Mary just received the promise right there. And so here we see the announcement of the incarnation by the angel Gabriel to Mary. She was a single woman living in very different different times. And I'm sure it took a lot of faith for Mary to, you know, accept uh, this, this commission from the Lord, this calling from God to bring forth the Messiah um, while she was still um, only betrothed. And, and yet it was the fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, for it says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And you know what? May the peace of Christ, the Prince of Peace, fill your heart and your home this Christmas. You see, the appearance of Christ was the literal fulfillment of thousands of years of Bible prophecy. The book of Isaiah was written approximately 700 years before the time of Christ. And yet, even back then, God was announcing, I'm sending you my son, he will come and he will save you. Fact is, God had even announced it in the Garden of Eden when he spoke of the one who would crush Satan's head. God was saying, I'm sending my son, he will come and he will save you. Uh, save, save us from what? From our sin, our guilt, our fears, our shame, our hurt, our prejudice, our past, our pain. He will even save us from ourselves because sometimes the biggest enemy we battle is our own, uh, our own self, our flesh. And here Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 prophesies uh, what is happening in this moment. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. The Bible says the virgin shall conceive. That is uh, completely impossible. And yet we see here in Matthew chapter 1, and so it was done that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. 
praise God. You see, only God can make an announcement like this, that the virgin shall be with child. Did you know that the late um, Jewish-American uh, talk show host Larry King conducted over 50,000 interviews in the course of his career? And he was once asked uh, the question, if he could choose one person to interview from all of human history, who would he choose? And he said, Jesus Christ, because he would like to ask Jesus if he was indeed virgin born. And he added, the answer to that question would settle history for me. And um, he died back in 2021. So we know that there are no secrets anymore for him. And, you know, he truly has the, and, and truly knows that Jesus was a uh, virgin born. And, and this is uh, the, the reality. It, it, is, it is a defining question for all of history. Because if Jesus was born of, of a, a virgin, then truly he is God's sinless son. And as a consequence, was able to hang on a cross, bearing our sin and our shame so that we could be forgiven and so that we could be free. And um, this is why Jesus warns uh, us in uh, John chapter 8 and verse 24. Because this is not any mere, um, you know, academic uh, question with no real uh, consequences. There are eternal ramifications to whether or not you believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. Because it says in verse 24, Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. If you do not believe that I'm he, who? The Messiah, the, the Son of God. You see, faith in the virgin birth is absolutely crucial. Um, because if we believe, like I said, that Jesus was uh, miraculously conceived in the womb of Mary, then obviously Joseph wasn't his father, and therefore he wasn't tainted with Adam's sin because the blood of a child comes from the father. And, um, and therefore we know that Jesus was uh, sinless, fully God and fully man, and therefore able to die for our sins. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Luke 1, 37. Remember that God can do anything, even um, cause a virgin to conceive. Remember, the word impossible doesn't even exist in God's dictionary, and neither should it exist in ours because we're followers of God. And so think of how joyful a message this was for the angels to get to finally announce to a broken, hurting world, lost in darkness and sin. God was saying to mankind, hold on, I'm coming. I know you're hurting, but I'm coming. I'm going to fix this. I'm sending you my son. You are not alone. And like I said, remember, Emmanuel, God with us. At a time you were, so many people feel alone. Remember, you're not alone. God is with you. Um, Jesus came to, to save us. He came to minister hope to mankind. And so even though it had been prophesied, the annunciation of the virgin birth brought an obvious conflict in particular, um, a, a deep inner struggle for, for, uh, for Joseph, and because he had to choose to trust Mary, but thank God he did. And, you know, this is the thing. Gifts from God don't always come when we expect them or in the way we expect them. Uh, sometimes we haven't even asked for them in the first place. But remember, just because you don't like the wrapping doesn't mean that the present isn't from him. Um, you know, as a pastor, I would say this. I've met many women who regret having an abortion. I've never met a mother who has regretted having her child because every child is a gift from God. Every life is of tremendous significance. You see, Christ was arriving in very dark and tumultuous times. Israel were slaves to a, a ruthless foreign power. 
Um, but you know, according to the rabbis, there's a principle contained in the Jewish festival of Hanukkah, and it is that even a very little amount of light can dispel a lot of darkness. Well, God, through the birth of his son, was about to spread a whole lot of light to mankind. And so firstly, we have the Annunciation, heaven is coming to earth. Secondly, the Incarnation, God is walking among us. First uh, Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. God was manifested in the flesh. Do you know that incarnation literally means clothed in flesh or taking on flesh? It comes from the Latin in caro, in flesh. And this is a fundamental teaching of uh, orthodox Christianity. Um, uh, the theological term is hypostatic union, that that God took upon himself flesh. It's the belief that Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, who is the non-created second person of the Trinity, identified himself with us by taking on a human body and nature to become a man. And this is why John 1 and verse 14 says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us. And this is uh, the, the beauty of the Christmas story because it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So Jesus is pre-existent. He always was uh, with God. And it says uh, he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life and that life was the light of men. And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us and we beheld his glory, the glories of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so the creator of the whole universe walks onto the stage of time from eternity. God walks among us as a mortal man. Matthew 1, 23, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see, Christmas is an annual reminder that we are loved, that we matter because many people feel lonely or abandoned at Christmas. And yet Christmas is proof that God loves us because he came to us. He reached out to us and demonstrated his love to all of mankind by coming to earth as a man. Like I said, Christmas is an annual reminder that you matter, that you are loved. And Luke chapter 2 and verse 7 and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And they laid him in a manger. Think about this. Mary had to endure a grueling 90 mile uh, walk or, or, you know, 90 miles sitting on, on a donkey. And um, uh, it, this would have taken over a week. I mean, she was nine months pregnant, uh, and I mean, she she then has to suffer the final indignity of giving birth um, to her baby in our modern day equivalent of a cow shed. Um, I, I remember when my wife w was uh, uh, pregnant with one of our children, and I think it was our first, but we were going down to Kerry. Um, I think it was for, for Christmas and I took a, a, a shortcut through a back road, which is about maybe 10 miles, but it was a really bumpy road and she forced me to drive it about 5 or 10 miles an hour. It took us forever because she couldn't, uh, she was in such discomfort and such pain going over the, the bumps. 
And um, what I thought was a shortcut certainly wasn't. So I can't imagine, you know, what Mary went through during this um, uh, this journey. And this is the irony. In the incarnation of God, he doesn't appear on a, a red carpet surrounded by photographers wearing an Armani suit, you know, with, with uh, you know, bodyguards and an adoring entourage. But rather the paradox is that we see the greatness of God's mighty power and strength expressed through the weakness of a little newborn baby. Uh, you know, Isaiah chapter uh, 53 and verse 2, here speaking of Christ says, And he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form of comeliness, and we see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. And, you know, Jesus... Here, I believe, gives tremendous dignity to the, 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 the whole principle of motherhood because, you know, he's born of, of a mother. And yet the Bible says that, that there is nothing, um, you know, in the natural because uh, to recommend him to us because uh, he identifies with all that is ordinary. Because, again, God doesn't appear on a marble throne or a golden throne surrounded by fire and a great army of angels, but rather he chooses to to manifest and to himself and to identify himself in the ordinariness of life. Um, you know, because he's born in, in a borrowed manger uh, to two lowly peasants. I mean, he's surrounded by a few farm animals and shepherds at his birth. I mean, he was born in a, in a borrowed uh, manger and buried in a borrowed tomb. And it must say something to us about the material possessions that um, we place so much value um, uh, 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 on. And and so M Mary and Joseph would never have been featured in Hello magazine, you know, with a, a glossy pictures of, of, of his birth. Uh, they would never have been listed in Forbes. Uh, they would have never been mentioned in a, a gossip column. I mean, Mary's fashion sense would never have been analyzed or commented on. I mean, they would never have been on any VIP list of the time. You know, they weren't one of the beautiful people as the world so defines, you know, celebrities, etc. They were just ordinary people. And yet God chooses to make his home with them, just like he will make his home with us too. You know, John chapter 14 acknowledges this, this wonderful, wonderful promise that Christ has given. John chapter 14 and verse 19. A little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live you will live also. At that day, you will know that I'm in the Father, and you and me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. What a promise that Jesus will manifest himself to us. Judas Iscariot said to him, Lord, how is it you will manifest yourself to us, not to the world? Jesus answered and said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. You may live in some very humble circumstances, but know this, the Lord will make his home with you if you allow Christ to make his home in your heart. And so in the incarnation of God, we see no golden throne, no marble halls, no extravagant palace, no great important people or mighty armies or warriors. Rather, we see God's glorious deity identify with our base humanity. You see, his glory isn't dependent on the circumstances of his birth, but rather he deliberately was born in such humble surroundings to show us that Jesus Christ is for all people.
Emmanuel, God with us, God with us, God for us, God for all mankind. You see, he's with us. Jesus is for all people in all places, no matter how insignificant they may seem. This is why John 6, 37 in the NIV, all those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. The New Living says, however, those the Father has given to me will come to me and I will never reject them. And this is why, again, firstly, uh, as we look at this scene, the Annunciation, heaven is coming to earth. Secondly, the Incarnation, God is walking among us. And thirdly, the Liberation, God is setting the captains free. Praise God. Do you know liberation means the act of setting someone free from imprisonment, slavery, or oppression, release. It means freedom from limits on thought or behavior. And for some of us, um, you know, we, we maybe don't need liberation politically um, or, or financially, but maybe it's in our minds, in our emotions. And, uh, you know, we talk of liberation from Dachau or Auschwitz. Um, you know, many successful films or books have a common theme, and that is liberation of mankind from slavery and oppression. Because, you know, the universal cry of mankind is to be free. We have a cry on the inside to be free. But you know what? There's a reality. Uh, there's a freedom greater than uh, physical, uh, political, financial uh, freedom. And that is freedom in the heart. And that's why Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You see, the physical birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, was the first step towards the liberation of mankind from the sin and shame that held us in bondage. 2 Corinthians 5, 19, For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he has given us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Do you know we have a message of reconciliation for mankind? God is not angry at the world. God loves the world. And he proved the love uh, that he had for the world by sending his son Jesus. Christmas is an annual reminder that we are loved, that we are called, that we are valued and that our debts have been paid and that we are free. You see, as this little baby was born, the powers of darkness that had conspired through millennia to destroy uh, mankind and hold them in ignorance and spiritual darkness were literally shaking in fear and terror. And that's why Acts chapter 10 and verse 38 says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil, for God was with them. Jesus came to set the captives free. Christ came to this world to literally destroy the power of sin and death over all mankind. He came to set us free from Satan's grip. You know, Matthew chapter 4 and verse uh, 23 uh, talks about the ministry of Christ, this ministry of liberation. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Listen, if you're sick, you can be healed. Christ is a healer. Don't believe those lies and those uh, that people say that the, you know, the day of miracles is gone. No, this is a day of miracles. We serve a Christ. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I don't know what's wrong with you, but you can be healed in Jesus' name. I'm going to pray for you at the end. And so Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who are demon possessed epileptics and paralytics and he healed them 
Great multitudes followed him from Galilee, Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea and beyond the Jordan. They followed him because they had real needs and Jesus had real answers, real solutions, real, you know, and, and for them. And again, this is really repeated in, in Matthew 9. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Jesus Christ is a healer. You see, the ministry of Christ was a ministry of liberation. 1 John 3, 8, the one who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. For this reason, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. And whatever the works of the devil are in your life, whether it's sickness or poverty or disease or oppression or depression, uh, I command those things broken right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak deliverance to the people of God. Whatever they may need, whether it's healing or, or, or deliverance, um, uh, whether they need to be set free in their minds, Lord, set free from de depression or despair, or anxiety, fear, panic attacks, cancer, whatever it is, we command all sickness, all oppression to go right now in Jesus' name. Receive freedom in the name of Jesus because for this reason the Son of God was manifested. He might destroy the works of the devil. That word destroy means to loose, to release, to dissolve, to untie, to release, to break, uh, to destroy, to set at naught. Uh, to contravene, to, to, to loose, to unleash, to let go, to release. Glory to God. Jesus wants you to be released in Jesus' name. It means to end the existence of something um, by damaging or attacking it. You see, Jesus came to attack the hold the enemy had on our souls and he broke it in Jesus' name. To destroy literally means to ruin uh, someone emotionally or spiritually well Jesus came to ruin Satan and the hold that death and darkness and the devil had on our lives in Jesus name he defeated the devil and this is why um, Luke chapter 4 and verse 18 um, it talks about how Jesus came to set the captives free the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And if you're oppressed, receive liberty right now in the name of Jesus. Because that's why we celebrate Christmas. Because Christ came as the liberator of all mankind. He came on a mission of mercy. He came to seek and to save that which was lost in Jesus' name. Jesus came to set the captives free. He was literally born to die so that we could live. He came to liberate us from sin and shame and darkness. You see, you can't really appreciate the light until you've been lost in the darkness. And for some of us, we remember what it was like to be lost in darkness. But Jesus came to set us free. Amen. And this is why Simeon spoke of the salvation that Christ would bring. Luke 2 and verse 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And so he came by the Spirit into the temple. How many of you know God can get you into the right place at the right time if you are sensitive to the Holy Spirit? As many are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. 
So, you know what, this year to come, pray that God will enable you to be more sensitive to his spirit. And you do that by spending time in prayer, spending time in his word, and obeying him when he does speak to you. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you're sealed to the day of redemption, says in the book of Ephesians. And so he came by the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do from according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation think of the faith and and the sensitivity that Simeon had because Jesus was just a baby there was nothing in the natural that he could tell but he knew by the spirit this was the Messiah and he said my eyes have seen your salvation which you've prepared before the face of all peoples a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel and you know what like I said these are dark times these are challenging times you know the last number of years that have gone before us have left many people literally numb and many people have been traumatized by you know the loss of loved ones and all that they have suffered over this last season but you know what Jesus Christ is the light of the world and if we look to him we can have have his light in our hearts just like Simeon Simeon saw his salvation he knew that Jesus had come to liberate mankind to bring light to all of mankind you know I think it's rather ironic that we hang lights everywhere all over our homes and our streets and yet in many instances we have forgotten the reason why we do so the reason why we hang these lights is to symbolize Jesus Christ the light of the world Jesus said in John 8 and verse 12 I and the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Jesus Christ will bring light into your heart in Jesus' name. You see, only Jesus can guide us through the darkness of these days. Because without him, no matter how educated, accomplished, celebrated, successful, or sophisticated you may be, you are in darkness. There is no hope outside of Jesus. He is the light of the world. That's why John 1 and verse 5 says, And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Praise God. The darkness did not comprehend it. Another version says the darkness could not overcome it. Praise God. The darkness cannot overcome the light because Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Amen. And uh, 1 John 1 verse 5, This is the message which you've heard from him and declared to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. You see, the light of Christ can shine in your hearts this Christmas. It can shine in your home. You see, Jesus came to bring light. When Christ was born, heaven was literally touching earth and we could never be the same again. So I'd like to finish by giving you an opportunity to receive that light into your heart, to receive that light into your home. Just pray this simple prayer with me right now. Dear Lord Jesus Christ, I believe in my heart that you were born of a virgin. I believe that you lived a perfect life and that when you died on the cross, you died in my place, bearing my sin and shame. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus Christ, and forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for filling my heart with your light. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for setting me free. Praise God. Thank you so much for watching today. And if you've prayed that for the first time, I encourage you, um, send us an email, info@allnations.ie, and we'll send you a Bible if you need it, if you don't have one. I'd encourage you to do three things. Um, firstly, learn to pray. Prayer is just you talking to God. 
and um, talk to him in your in your own words. Tell him what's on your mind and and be open to listen because he'll speak to you. Secondly, read the Bible. And like I said, if you don't have a Bible, send us an email and we'll send you one. Um, uh, uh, because Jesus said you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And thirdly, join a good church where the Bible is taught. Amen. Because there's nothing more important than knowing the word of God because it's God's blueprint for life. It's it's God's manual, uh, B-I-B-L-E, uh, basic instructions before leaving earth. Um, and, and so the Bible reveals God to us, reveals God's ways, God's thoughts, and will enable us to, to become the men and women that God wants us to be in Jesus' wonderful name. So again, more information, check out our website, www.allnations.ie. And uh, as we finish, I just want to pray that the peace and presence of Christ our Savior will fill your heart and home. And like I said, if you're in need of healing or, or deliverance or, uh, you know, you got things going on in your life, I just pray right now for healing. I pray for restoration. I pray, Lord, that you would fill their hearts, their homes with your peace, with your love, with your healing, delivering power. In Jesus' name, receive your miracle in the mighty name of Jesus. And know this, you're loved. Christmas is an annual reminder that we're loved, that, we're, that we matter to God and that he has a plan and a purpose in Jesus' wonderful name. I love you. Thank you for taking the time today in Jesus' name. God bless you.